All right, everybody, welcome to Five Pin Universe's first podcast. Uh, my name is Kerry Kreitz, uh, founder of Five Pin Universe, and wanting to start podcasts up and bring discussion to everybody, I guess, that will ever listen to this podcast. Um, so I have with me Adam Weber, 2018 Player of the Year of the WCBT, Dexter Wiseman, 2018 Autumn Open Champion at Paradise Lanes, and Tim Wiseman, 2016 Autumn Open Champion at Paradise Lanes. Um, so we're just going to bring up discussion about topics that we feel are necessary to talk about. And my first topic is Five Pin Universe is starting up a Patreon. For those that don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscriber service where it helps crowdfunding for Pin Universe to do these podcasts, to maybe start up video tutorials, or lots of other media solutions to 5-pin bowling, and get it out there farther without uh, having to pull it out of our own pockets. Um, and there'll be many different tiers, as low as $2 a month up to maybe $25 a month. But Patreon will be coming out hopefully within the next month, and you guys will be able to see it, and subscribe to it, hopefully. So, um... Anybody's thoughts on it? Want to discuss it? Think it's a good idea, bad idea? Well, definitely a, a great idea. Uh, anytime we can, you know, get some more funding, you know, to towards the rise of, of something as important to five pin bowling as as the five pin universe uh, has become, uh, I think it just uh, you know broadens you know the sport in general. So if uh, that can just reach. Uh, you know, an extra 100, 200, you know, youth especially um, in, in any fashion, I, I think it would definitely help. Right. Yeah. And like, and that's, that's kind of the idea. We want to, everybody has, we have our click, I guess you want to call it. It's to get um, five pin bowling in the professional side or even um, the lower handicap side of things to a broader audience, right? That's, that's kind of the idea. And with video tutorials on how-tos, like pick your corners, maybe make certain spare shots and stuff like that, they'll move to the YBC as well and maybe used as a coaching aid. Um, that, that's something that we're yeah. definitely looking for, right? Yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to, honestly. We talked about uh, doing tutorials for a long time. There's so many different mindsets on <laughs> on different uh, different ideas on equipment and techniques and styles and there's there's so many different things and you know if, if we can do some tutorial videos that you know click in with one person and that's helpful it, it'll help with the youth it'll it'll help our sport later on it yeah. just makes a lot of sense yeah for sure uh i i don't know i i'm pretty excited about that aspect of it uh i don't think we've had new videos or new instructional videos since uh Blair Pizzi back when he was doing the, the coaching clinics, right, and stuff like that. So um, I think having a new refresher with new people and uh, new ideas, with uh, especially with the new videos on the WCBT and the, the kind of the networking we have now, it's a lot easier nowadays. I think we have people that can look up to certain people, whether it's, it's an Adam Weber or a Dexter Wiseman, that they might want to emulate or take something from. I think it'd be beneficial. Right, yeah, and like you're saying, I think the last instructional video I seen was maybe Tom Patterson. Or Actually, well, there might have been a Fraser Handler one too, right? 
didn't uh, didn't the Davinis uh, do one this year? Oh yeah, that's it was right. for, for the uh, for the beginners. But I mean, that's great. Stuff like that is awesome. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of idea that we're thinking of doing, right? Mm-hmm. That that kind of thing. Hopefully, with a uh, with a little bit better equipment and better audio and stuff like that. Something to bring some quality to it, right? That, like I said, some of those. 80s videos that Tom did, or maybe their 90s videos, they're, they're so outdated and like they're still played on old lanes in old shoes and stuff like that. Equipment's gotten so much better since then that it would be nice to update those videos. Yeah, and I think with the um, with the WCBT tour stuff and seeing the guys playing on there, um, having some of them do the tutorial videos, especially for the kids, with at least you know maybe bring a little bit of validity to it because they, they could see the results from it. So I, uh, think, I think the hand in hand, that kind of works really nicely. Yeah, I guess, uh, what's your guys' thoughts on, um, I know the WCBT, we did some like what's in the bag stuff. Um, I know Tim, Dexter, you were you did a bit, uh, episode in that as well. What did you guys think of that? Do you think that came off across good? Did you get any feedback from it? Um, I haven't heard too much about it, so I'm not too sure. Honestly, when I did it, I got feedback almost immediately. Like, you know, a week, two weeks later, people were talking about it. They came up and asked me questions and stuff like that. And I actually learned some things about some of the bowling balls that I was actually, you know, misinformed about. So it, it was actually it was actually pretty good. Um, but I think that's kind of where the whole tutorial thing will start because, I mean, we did what's in the bag and I started going off about, like, bowling ball sizes and stuff like that. And it's just like, you, I could talk about it forever. But I, that's information that I think we could really pass on and, uh, you know, get, get a different mindset going for people who may not think about things like that, right? Right. So uh, there's there's the strain of people who are going to make changes all the time, and there's a strain of people who will never make changes. But at least if they have the information and if they want to, then the, op- the option's there for them, right? Right. Yeah, I always found the, the bowling balls to be a, a kind of a unique topic because uh, it, it's almost one of those scenarios where you actually – have to throw those balls to actually get a bit of a gauge of what they will do for you. Right. And uh, I, I think if we were able to, you know, to say get a set of, you know, 20 bowling balls uh, and uh, almost kind of go through what the purpose of the different uh, um makeup of, of those bowling balls and what uh, they're designed to do um, and uh, just kind of give a even a generic overview to uh, to the general public or e- even the, the seasoned vets uh, they might want to try you know a, a different style with a different ball and um, re- really learn the game I, I totally agree and I think that's something that would be a real service to the game considering none of the the, um, the makers of the bowling balls none, none of them do that None of them have a description as to what they're designed to do and, and how they react besides a softness scale. So, I mean, for somebody to step up and actually do something like that, that would be really valuable information to people, I think. The ones that aren't don't have the time or the money or the availability to, to practice with all of them and, and see what, they, what they're supposed to do. Right. And, yeah, um, even without even the distributors that we have now, when's the last time a new bowling balls come out? Like I think soft roll maybe four or five years ago, they came out with the tricolor and have we seen anything since? Well, they had, uh, they had the sidewinders, which were a little bit different. Okay. Um, but, uh, that only lasted a year. I think they have the pin yeah. out now, but mo- most of them are just, uh, uh, s- similar harness 
uh, on the softer side. But um, the sidewinders specifically had giant like white spots on the side of it so that you would be able to see the rotation better. Right. Um, that was the purpose of those. But uh, as for like composition, nothing really mm. new in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you end up, we end up dropping bowling balls more often than we have bowling balls come in. Yeah, like, well, like we talked about earlier was uh, when was the last craze we had for bowling balls, brand new out? I mean, we had soft rolls, right? And then before that, remember the RMS hard rolls was a big craze for about two years? We haven't had anything with it. But when it comes to the video that you were talking about, Carrie, with like what's in the bag, I thought it was informative for most things to see what people were doing and how things were reacting with them. But a lot of it was word of mouth. You saw how many shares we got, how many, just getting the word out there and keeping it present, keeping it like relative out there. I thought it was a huge thing. Um, I know things got busy and we dropped the ball maybe a little bit on it last year, but uh, I thought it was beneficial altogether. Yeah, the, the hardest part about especially doing what's in the bag videos is um, getting people that are comfortable with being in front of a camera, obviously, is number one. And then number two is finding time to do it. Like um, I was close enough to be near Sherwood Park that I could just drive up and we could video some of them. And I did the one here at home. Um, but like, a great people to have on it would be like a Mitch Davies, even a Mike Herbert, because I know he carries different equipment. Um, stuff for out east, and they are coming to TPC. But how do you find time to do a whole video series with those guys when you're bowling all weekend? And then you got supper plans after your shift, or maybe before your shift, you're running to lunch so you can make your shift. And like it, it's impossible to find time, especially when with you guys running the tournaments, um, WCBT being there the whole time, the board, it, it's hard to find people to volunteer to take the time to do that stuff on the side, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we, we have enough local people that, I mean, we should be able to find people on a, on a relatively um, a relatively you know common basis, but we're fortunate where we are, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it would be lovely. It'd be amazing to get people from around the country to do it too. So yeah, the timing for that is hard. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, even our Thursday night league, there's so many people that we can grab on before our league even starts to do it a few times. But I would really love to see some of the Ontario people do it because those are, there's so many Ontario kids out there that that would they could relate to. Yeah, and and I think it's easy enough. Like everybody has an iPhone or an Android, right? You just set up the phone, sit down in front of it, and go through your bag, right? Like that's all I ended up doing in mine. Like for me to come up and do your guys is it was super straightforward. Just point the camera and you guys walk through your bag, right? There's uh there's really no production value besides editing it afterwards and then putting it up. So um, hopefully that's something that we can convince people out of the Edmonton area to do. And like, there's like a Mark Miller. I know he has tons of different equipment. He has different ideas yeah. on, what the equipment does and stuff like that. I think he'd be a prime example to do a what's in his bag, right? We yeah, should have gone like Adam Weber just throw a star line, so we don't need any equipment on him. <laughs> Same ball for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Same ball, about 15 different platters a game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it might be what's on Adam's shoe is going to be his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and kind of getting back to the, even the shoe side of it with, uh, you know, the, the business itself, 
uh, getting into the more of the synthetic lanes and getting away from the wood lanes just just for the maintenance side of it and um, you know to just have any even updated videos uh, instructional videos to deal with current lane conditions and the ones that we're going to see over the next 10 20 years uh, I, I think that would be even more beneficial than it would have been 20 years ago um, no personal balls 20 years ago in most of those old videos either right so um, just a different perspective on the game from from some of the current uh, you know pros non pros. Uh, just anytime you, you get different sides of of the conversation out there, uh, everybody can relate. Yeah, no, for and sure. the game's constantly evolving, right? It's really funny. Tom Stevenson was my coach as a kid. Um, he taught me pretty much everything I knew. And uh, after the autumn open, I get a text message from him saying. Hey, so what? Where are you bowling? What? What? What's your line now? And uh, what? What bowling ball are you using? What were you using at the autumn? Because times have changed, conditions have changed, and I need to change. And I need to find. So he wanted to know what I was doing at the time because what he's doing now just isn't isn't where he needs to be. And that's because times have changed, equipment's changed, conditions have changed. Yeah, I, I think especially with like uh, Adam was saying, the lane beds, especially moving yeah. to synthetics, right? Um, just the same line doesn't work through eight games. Like you see a lot of guys making big moves because, and maybe it's due to oil carry down. I know that's a big thing in 10 pin, right? And it, I, you can see it at the autumn open, especially like the Friday morning shift, everybody was playing pretty straight because the oil was so thick. And by Saturday afternoon, Sunday, a lot of guys were playing outside because up the gut was, was no longer good, right? And that's, I do believe that's due to oil breakdown, but that's my opinion. I throw pretty hard. A lot of people say I don't see it, the transition anyways, but I, I definitely thought I'd seen quite a bit of movement and it showed in my game because I was punching like a lot, but <laughs> that's the way she goes. I, 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 I hear you, 15, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think at our speed, yeah. though, Carrie, it's, I think you we see it more on the pin reaction. Um, you know, if pins are flying straight up, we know that those lane beds are not, you know, allowing that ball to break a little bit more. Um, if it does have that little bit of back end move and all of a sudden the pins stay down. And uh, I think for a hard chucker, uh, you see more on the pin side of it than you see the slower ball seated actually on the lane bed itself. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, playing your shot, especially with my speed and stuff, I know when I'm over top of the ball and I see it traveling down the lane, I know what I'm expecting to see. And like you said, the pin reaction has a large amount to do with it. But you can even see that it's a half board, it's a, it's a full board of extra movement or whatever it may be. It may not look like a lot from somebody standing 16 feet behind you, but when you're on top of the approach, you're over top of the shot, you, you notice it quite a bit and you come back and say yeah that it moved less or whatever and somebody's like your ball doesn't move well you're not over top of you. you're not seeing it yeah right? yeah, yeah. Your, your ball does move it's fast but it moves it's just when you throw the ball that hard you can you have you have the option of having a higher rev rate so when, when you do hit that little bit of you know a dry dry spot at the end of the lanes there you will see that movement that's just you have a way higher rev rate than somebody that throws the ball slower you have a a much higher rev rate than you'll see Tim have, right. for sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that, and that's all, I guess, part of the learning curve and dealing with synthetics and going now coming with the TPC coming up in a week and a half, going to wood lanes and 
a little bit less oil load on the lanes as compared to a Paradise Lanes or even a Heritage Lanes where the Tour Championship was held, um, we're going to notice a lot different movement than what we're seeing at the later tournaments here. Mm-hmm. So, I I just find that uh, with the synthetic, yeah, like Adam says, that there's with the amount of oil you end up pushing the pins more than 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 having a reaction with it. So I I don't know I I'm very uh, pro wood I I. I love it because you can. I find you can read it better, you can react it better. But the point is, uh, I just, uh, I, I, I'm excited for TCT because I think, I think it's uh, a little bit old school compared to everybody else, right? So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And you're the only, yeah. you're the only center left that's on the WCBT that's using wood lanes, right? So I think that has a lot to do with, um, especially local play. They want to come play wood lanes because they're playing in a house that has synthetic, and I think it's uh, it's definitely an attraction for some of the players that don't show up to Paradise Lanes or show up to Heritage Lanes. They come down to Sherwood because they get to play on wood again. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a relic. It's it's almost going the way of of the free fall lanes, right? Yeah, wood is becoming the new free fall. Yeah, no doubt. But it, it just makes so much sense from a business standpoint that there's no way, there's no way that it's ever gonna, it's, wood is gonna stick around. It's just impossible. It's the same reason why, why the string system came in. I mean, from a business standpoint, it just makes way more sense. Well, maintenance is way down. Every everything's way down when you move to. Yeah, sure, the expenses right up front, but then you get the break throughout the years, right? And then you don't have the hassle of shutting down for two or three weeks to come sand it and get it prepared for the next season right yeah for yeah. sure i mean an, an example for us 16 lane center by us going to synthetic lanes i mean it, it's a long period of time but in 30 years we're, we're going to end up saving between 150 and 200 thousand dollars yeah Sim- that's, simply that's simply from the cost of sanding right yeah so yeah it it just makes it just makes sense, and then you don't have to worry about boards popping. You don't have to worry about people spilling drinks, you know. Yeah, all so, of it just. Yeah, so with Tim loving wood lanes, he's gonna sand it and do it all himself since you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> we have no, no choice. We have no sands left, guys. <laughs> That's it. I mean, he could try to sand it. Yeah, he's, uh, just just one last member on the WCBT. <laughs> Uh, I think that kind of brings, you know, part of the uniqueness of, of the four tour events uh, also, right? So even though it has the same format as, as Regina, um, just the different lane conditions of that same format uh, brings that uniqueness to it. Um, the, uh, the I, I love all four uh, of the centers personally. Uh, the three formats that are out there are incredible. Uh, the Autumn Open, I, in my personal opinion, is the toughest one to win. Um, just when you have that many people, um, on, on a Sunday playing 23 games, it's, uh, it's just, just a grind. Well, I don't know. You have four champions here right with you at the autumn open, but how many have won the other tournaments? So I don't know. I think yeah. heritage is probably just as tough just with the, the whole yeah. long grind again. And then the formats, um, yeah. cutting it down to half and moving on. But like you said, they, they all got their own uniqueness. They're all, they're all tough. Um, I think TPC and Regina, you probably get a, a lucky break if you run into somebody that's not playing very well. You might get an, an easier Absolutely. route, right? But you could run into somebody that shoots 1,100 at you. 
So mm-hmm. it they all got their ups and downs, that's for sure. And yeah, automotive is a grind, uh, as we all know. It's a it's a long day. Well, it's twenty three games, right? Twenty three games on Sunday, and yeah, it's a uh, it's a little ridiculous. What is it, about four four fourteen hours worth of bowling on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. with a beer break in between. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess that's uh, we went way past what the Five Ten Universe Patreon was all about. But uh, does anybody else have a topic that they'd like to discuss? Well, what about the uh, you know kind of the rise of the WCBT and uh, all the uh, the ripple effects that uh, that we're already starting to see even in its uh, its infancy, um, you know, to to even where we were you know two three years ago. And now we've got uh, the Tour Championship on uh, on a number of different streaming sites. Uh, the the reach around the world is uh, is incredible and just promoting our great game. Yeah, it's uh, it's really taken off. Um, we're entered our fourth season now, and the first couple of years were a little slow till we got the tour championship going, and then all of a sudden it peaked interest again, and then our entries just automatically <laughs> automatically drew right after that. Thanks for that big yawn, Tim. That's perfect. Uh, Apparently, <laughs> Tim was really excited about the WCBT too. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, and this year we it's looking like we might make. 90 memberships um to people that don't know there's probably 130 140 single people that show up to an event so for almost 100 of them to be members of the tour is pretty insane so that means they're at least going to two tournaments if not three if not all four right um it really is turning into something that you'd hate to say it but it is a professional side of it right because you're going there you're you're paying your money to play and you're hoping to get a return out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Carrie, do you have the numbers of, of participants since we started the tour? It was absolutely astronomical that I, I was like, it was. Yeah, uh, I don't have that off the top of my head, but it was like 300 different participants. It was more than 300 different participants played at least one event or more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, which and the is, great thing is. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Three hundred different people. And the, and the great thing is, is that if you're looking at having ninety to hundred members for this year, that's ninety to hundred people who are going to commit to at least two events. Yeah, you know they're not going to be a member if they're not going to play at least two events. So I mean, it, it's it's been great for the game. We're seeing the numbers at PPC. We're seeing numbers that uh, I don't know if it ever existed. I've heard stories of like KG being massive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we're, we're going to hit some really crazy numbers this year. And it's, I think it's the first time in a really long time that a number of people have come into the season excited. And it's, it's weird to have that electricity back in the game. Something we haven't seen in a long time, guys. No, exactly. Just the buzz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, um, with, especially with Tyler ticket winning, the WCBT championship as a YBC player. Sorry, Dex, that he had to beat you in the final. But <laughs> as a YBC player coming in and winning that, and we all know how good he is going to be. He's going to be in there for a long stay, um, as long as schooling and job don't get in the way. Um, he is probably going to be one of the very future greats that will be winning multiple events and um, 
and will be the face of the WCBC, hopefully, for quite a few years. Um, I know Adam wants to hold him off for a while. I'm, I want to be there to hold him off for a while, too. But uh, there's going to be no denying, and him and Bradley, right? They're, they're phenomenal. Um, there's lots of young players that are going to be really good. Rylan Wheeler, he's going to be really good. Wyler, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. even Evan LeCoutier, like, even though he's kind of struggled the last little bit, he's unreal talent. He just needs to stick with it and grind through it, right? We all go to be honest. <laughs> to be to be honest with you, like, uh, I, I I have to sh- I do have to share that story that we talked about earlier it was super cool. It was when we uh, we can tell that the progression of, of people wanting to be involved is a lot bigger than it used to be. I mean, we, we had we started the seminar. Um, when we partnered with DA5 and, and we wanted to uh, in, introduce these youth bowlers into our clinic. And I know uh, having the younger ones like Tyler and Bradley and Evan and Ryland and all that involved and doing well has increased it, but the videos have too, right? I mean, right now we're over 30-something plus for our youth, youth seminar. And last year we struggled to get 12, right? Um, yeah. And we have over 20-some pros that are interested and wanting to be a part of this. And I, and I think that's what the cool part about it, right? Um, it was really cool. I, I, I know most of our youth bowlers in, in the city because I with whether it's youth challenge or, you know, rep teams or, or stuff like that. And uh, we had one uh, girl sign up from a smaller center. And she had no idea. Like, I had no idea who it was, and, and that's perfectly okay. It's even better that they're being part of this. And for the, her to be excited because she saw the videos and she could meet her pros and her idols from the videos that you guys are posting, that's I, that's cool. Like, I mean, I mean, we're just average people, really, right? But to these people, they're they're looking up to something, right? And and I I think that's where it's kind of cool. We, we never had in the sport where I mean. Uh, for about 15 years, when we had the CBCs and TSNs, we all looked at it, Bruce Mortars and, and you know, Nolan Howells or whatnot, right? And uh, we never had that. We lost a generation in that aspect. And so for me to get that kind of feedback on the on the seminar and these people are going to come out and she wants to meet all of them, I think that is just awesome, right? So, um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And for it to start back in 2017 at the WCBC Championship, I do believe was our first one. Right. Um, it started with, I do believe, 10 kids, bowl three program kids. Like, and now for the YBC to be invested um, to show up, the youth to show up from an actual YBC program is pretty mm-hmm. huge, right? That is, and you know what? N- n- yeah. Sorry, it's not just from us, um, not just from our center. It's all the centers in Edmonton area are really bought in on it, right? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it's. Um, I think the videos are something really important, and I think that it might be something that will help retain kids into YBC. I mean, we've seen dwindling numbers for many, many years, and something little like that really does affect kids, and, and it drives them to get better. Um, I, I'm going to give a good example. I mean, Tim was talking about CBC and TSMs there, and I remember being in grade six, so I, I, I would have been 10 or 11 years old. And we did a uh, a questionnaire, and it was just like goals and, and what 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 are your goals for life, and what do you see yourself, what do you want to achieve in life? And I remember in grade six writing down that I wanted to be on CBC. Okay, I was 11 years old, right? And it, it that's that gives you the drive and the focus to to want to get better. And and at times I feel like part of that is sort of lost now with the youth. 
Um, there's been a big motion, a movement, and that, there's, there's two sides to everything. There's been a big movement to inclusion, and with that, that that, that meant a lot of pins over average tournaments and stuff like that. And as as great as it is to include people, they they sort of lost the the art of working to get better, um, and uh, it, it it showed for a little while. But I think stuff like this could really be the driving force to, to make kids think, hey, I want to be on this. Let's let's work towards it, you know? I think with that being said, you know, for, from, uh, you know, the code classify, if you want, as pro status, um, that, you know, many of these youths are looking up to. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, a, a bit of a, of a movement of the pros to be more of a, uh, like a professional demeanor uh, as well, and uh, you know, being you know held accountable at a at a, at a different standard uh, because of the, exactly who's going to be looking up to us, and um, our generation is going to be a huge influence on that next generation. And uh, with uh, with us getting back into a, a media format uh, with the sport, now's the time that we you know we have to do it right. Yeah, and uh, and if we do it right, we're just going to see success for hopefully decades down the road. Yeah, and I think a a large part of that too with the WCBC uh, starting these videos and producing it fairly well with um, the little means that we have, um, with the people wearing the attire too, uh, like DPG, Mark Johnson, and Daryl Bradley stepping up and designing these shirts and pretty much any shirt or any design you want they can match they can get get done at a fairly reasonable price um adds to it too like uh, you can't tell me a ybc kid comes down and they see all the bowlers in with their names on their backs and stuff like that but that's gotta give them at least a little bit of oh hey i knew that guy i seen him on tv adam weber um dexter wiseman's down there um, it, it, it's going away from the old school, I remember probably six, seven years ago, there was people bowling in tank tops. Like, to me, that is so unprofessional, <laughs> so demeaning to the sport too, right? Like, I, you can, you don't see a PGA Tour golfer show up for practice in a tank top. They show up, maybe in shorts, but they still have collared shirts, they still wear their apparel. They're still very so, professional man. about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, but we're, we're, we're past that point of, you know, thinking of a bowling alley full of smoke and, you know, in your alcohol and stuff like that, right? But the, the one thing I, I wish we didn't shy away from a little bit is, is personality, right? I mean, we're, we're so uniform on, on um, trying to, you know, promote the image of the sport and, and what we can do and what we cannot do kind of thing. But in, in a way... I mean, within some reason, we got to have some personality with it, and we got to figure out a way of, of promoting it that way. Not like, you know, not like Pete Weber or whatnot, maybe, you know, and Belmonte's fight with the water bottle, but, <laughs> but there, has to be, there has to be something there, right? You know, and uh, that has to sell, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And there is still some of those players. Like, um, I'd hate to point them out, but you still have Kevin Holdsworth, who's very animated. Mitch Davies is very animated. Um, there's a few of us that are a little... Uh, hold it 
in a little bit. And like you said, Tim, maybe maybe that comes out in the next few years. It gets more animated. As long as as long as the attitude isn't destructive to other players, there's nothing wrong with it, right? And there should be nothing wrong with it. They shouldn't be shunned for it. Um, excitement yeah. is something to do with the game. You go to an open, there's tons of excitement, right? Why at these WCBC events are people being frowned upon because they're yelling or it it's part of the sport. It may be distracting to some people, but it, it's it's gonna be a part of the sport for did, a long time to come. Did you did you ever watch um uh, I remember watching Phil Foley uh on T S N when he used to slide backwards with, with both legs forward towards the feet towards the like the foul line he slide on his back on his butt backwards. You ever see that? No, I never did see that, no. Or it was somebody like, I think it was Phil, but it was absolutely awesome. Full of, you know, uh, animation, full of character. And I, I think, you know, people were excited to see that, right? It was, right? So I thought it was just thought it was cool, you know, somebody can bring it. But like, obviously you can't uh, make it artificial. It has to come natural, right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing we all have to remember, it's, it's one of the most emotional sports out there with zero outlet. There is no release room. You can't you can't drive a guy into the board. You can't throw your golf club down down the course. Like there's there's no outlet. So yeah, there's there's gonna be outbursts. There's gonna be you have to release the positive energy and at times people have released the negative energy. Um but you, you gotta you gotta control some of it, but it is a very emotional sport. Yeah. You need to you need to have a release somehow. For sure. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that, Adam? I know you're you're usually fairly reserved, a little fist pump here and there, but uh, no really big outbursts. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, yelling or coming off the lanes or running a shot out? Um, do you do you look at it as um, uh, I hate the it's not demeaning, it's not uh, but as I guess negative. Do you feel it's a negative aspect of the game, or what are your thoughts on it? I definitely think it's a it's more positive than than negative for sure. I, I know there's there's some people that that definitely take it to a to an extra degree, and uh, I, I can't classify that almost as a necessary evil uh, because it does bring that extra level of excitement to the game. Uh, you, you could have four guys just playing a a, a real quick match. And it would be the most boring game possible. But you have one guy with a little bit of personality. It just livens up the, not only the group of, play, of players, uh, livens up the crowd, right? And, and it actually did, it, it brings people to the game, not away from it. Um, there, there's definitely some negative that's still out there that I, I would like to see leave. But uh, I, you, you need it out there. Everybody's so competitive, and, and some of these shots are worth thousands of dollars on a shot. If there was no um, uh, um, you know, excitement level from that player, good or bad, right? Uh, you're in the wrong sport. No, for sure. We're not, uh, not playing, uh, I guess, even like a dart. Darts is outrageous, <laughs> right? Like, oh, they show tons, tons of, of excitement, yeah. Yeah, and but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we walked. We was we during the forties, right? The forties in Calgary, everybody was loud. I know, and that's not a take on for people, but you know, Eric, Eric Shostro was a little bit loud. 
was playing well or Bradley's the same way, right? It, it, for me, it doesn't affect me at all. It's it's just how they play. It's how they keep maybe focused or energized. Um, but me getting older, me, you know, I'm not getting any uh, younger. I'm not getting any skinnier. <laughs> I'm not physically fit like I used to be. Like, we can all agree and laugh about that, but it's true, right? And you're not, a, you're not a specimen anymore, Tim. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on the dad bod, but that's the closest that I got going for uh, me. But yeah, I have, I have two things to say to that. What, yeah. One, when were you ever in shape? <laughs> two, um, I mean, we're twins, man. And like, I was watching the 40s and, and I loved it. I was like, I don't oh. remember playing a 40s where it was like that much excitement. It was actually, there was, there was an energy in there. And I wonder if game that's related two. to the thing. Yeah, I know game two, I know. But you know what? Everybody knows what's on the line. And I think with the WCBT and all that that's come up, a lot of focus. I mean, we had how many, you said 70, 70 members sign up for at, at the Autumn Open this year for the WCBT. Last year we had 70 like, total for yeah, the year. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already matched numbers through the first event. All those people are playing in the 40s have made the first step. They know what they're what they're fighting for now, right? They know that this next step is big because that gets them good points for the WCBT. So, yeah, it was game two, and which is really abnormal, but <laughs> it, it was it was fun. I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it was like frame five of game two. All of a sudden, Bradley tees off on a double. I think it was. Wasn't it? It, was, uh, it was pretty <laughs> yeah, exciting. But, yeah, that's for sure. But he watched his brother win the championship last year. Right. You you don't you don't think that guy has pushed him to make it? Yeah, he wants to be the first one to win too, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I totally get it. I thought it was great. Yeah, good. I good. know some people didn't and I totally understand that perspective too, but I thought it was fun. It's yeah. nice to see the energy in the game. I I don't think the the people that disliked it outweigh the people that liked it. So uh the people that disliked it are in the fire far minority of it, right? So um, to see the excitement and the positivity is gonna gonna help grow the sport faster than people telling him to calm down. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I think the people that disliked it didn't play well that day, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, exactly. that could very well be a little, right? <laughs> a little bit of sour grapes. I mean <laughs> yeah, if things are going your way, nothing affects you. No, exactly. Yeah. So with legalization last last month uh, last week, how do you guys think that's going to affect the game? I mean, a lot of the a lot of the bodies, you know, Canadian five pin, um, while playing while playing at the Open, um, you are not allowed to drink uh, at Masters and stuff like that. You are not allowed to have alcohol. Um, I'm I'm really wondering where uh, where that's going to go with uh, with uh, cannabis legalization. Um, I, I know there's nothing that they can do before, but I mean, with, you know, at, uh, you know, edibles, um, oils, capsules, there's um, rules out already for that. So what, what are the rules? Tim? Um, I, I believe like you can't, uh, I, I have to pull up my new C5 rules, but, uh, as far as, as far as I'm, uh, my understanding is it's going to be like no different than alcohol, right? I mean, you can, you can, you can't take it during the middle of a game. Or not like that, and uh, yeah, medical, like med- medical, like like you know, if uh, you're in medical, you have your medical, whatever it is, to say that you need it, right, or whatnot, you might be able to. Uh, I'm 
I have to look at the rules, but you might not be you might be able to get around that. But uh, as in for just just going out there and smoking it or taking it, it's no different than alcohol, right? As, as far as are concerned, so so it would be no different. Would that would that include if you don't if you don't have a medical thing, but you know you're super sore. Like, you know, the open is a grind. The open at the provincials is a grind. It's, it's long so, days every day. I remember rubbing down Adam's legs to try to make sure that that <laughs> bastard got through. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, do, you, do, do you see, uh, there's two strains, there's two, there's two chemicals in, in marijuana, right? Do you, do you see a lot of people starting to take CBD oil without saying anything? Well, what happens I, if they are caught doing think, that, even though there's no, there's no high? Stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Well, I, you I, know what? To be honest, I, I think I think we're kind of in a, a new era. To be honest with you, and there's, there's a lot of trial by fair. There's gonna be trial by fair, right? Fire. So, I we'll see what happens, right? I mean, it's no different than. I mean, I know some people out there before masters have two or three beers at a at a local establishment, and and you know, and I I frown upon those people, but. It, it, that that's the way things are, right? So, I mean, you, it, do you actually stand in front of a mirror and frown? <laughs> I, I do frown, but but the, 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 the point is, it, it, we're tri- it's trial fire, trial by fire, right? So, um, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, um, for me personally, I it, it's interesting, and you know, we you can play events, and you you can. Um, I'm not I'm not a user by any means, right? I haven't used before, right? But for there's a lot of events out there where people are allowed to drink alcohol in their events, and it specifically said no, no drugs or you know all that stuff. And uh, some certain people out there were upset that these people were allowed to drink, but they would go out to their cars and and maybe uh, enjoy themselves out there for you know between game toast. Um, so I, I think it's all relative. I don't think it's going to change anything really on my end, uh, on my personal belief. Right, I, I think it'll be it's no different in people trying to do essential oils or or or, or you know all that kind of stuff. I think I you think know? it's quite a bit different than uh, essential oils, Tim. I do believe it's a mind altering <laughs> drug that uh, <laughs> that is like alcohol. So um, a little bit different than essential no, but, oils. But people, uh, what I'm saying is people are going to try anyway to feel better. <laughs> or do all that kind of stuff, right? So no, for sure. And I think um, a lot of it might fall on like municipality rules, right? Um, edibles and oils kind of sidestep that a little bit. But um, as for just smoking marijuana, I do believe like a lot of municipalities are even banning it in their whole municipality. So somebody that goes outside to have a toke or whatever, it may not work, right? Um, I think it's however. However, somebody wants to abide by the rules more than it is actually about the rules. You can, make, you can make all the rules you want, but if somebody doesn't want to follow them and they're not in the establishment, how, how are you going to patrol that, I guess, is kind of the, well, the well, problem. For example, yeah. like the, the, uh, Leduc, you can't do any of that stuff, right? It has yeah. to be... Uh, so then, yeah, exactly. That that being said, like I mean, in in Edmonton area, Sherwood Park, stuff like that, it just follows the smoking bylaw, right? So, yeah. And for you, uh, you listeners out there, Mister 
Uh, I don't condone having a beer. Just, just practice. Oh. Oh. Pepsi. Your, for all your listeners, it's actually just a Pepsi. <laughs> Dad bod. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know who who's going to police it at uh, at our our level, right? Like I said, uh, anybody can go up to their car mid game or after uh, after a game, just go you know ha- have a drink or two, uh, go go take a smoke. Like it, it's going to be out there, and uh, I, I just don't know if there's any policing that anybody can really do because it's not going to happen during the event. Uh, inside the establishment, just no, no different than the drinking, right? Yeah, exactly. And I well, think that's how they police the alcohol before is that they wouldn't sell it, right? That doesn't stop exactly. anybody going anywhere else, right? Right. So this this could be a situation where there's be less policing, realistically, right? Because it all has to be done outside for the most part, until we get to the point where you know edibles are legal and they could be sold in an establishment. But that's that's a long ways down the road, anyways, right? Yeah. No, so. exactly. And I think that's something the associations will have to uh, unfortunately bring to the forefront when it when it becomes an issue. Um, I, we're hoping that people have enough, um, I wouldn't say respect, but have enough uh, common sense for the game to realize that if you're not allowed to drink at it, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to partake in marijuana during the event as well. But uh, you're always going to have those people that are going to push the limits, and I hope that it doesn't come become an issue, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I I think on a team on a team standpoint, I mean, if you have a good team, you have good leadership, good coach, good manager, you know, you're if some guy's going out of his way to get excessively drunk during a you know a lunch or or you know at in the evening or something like that, I mean, it it usually doesn't happen, right? Right, usually doesn't, but I mean, yeah, it's no different than this. I think you, you can't control it all, but I think if you think it was going to go over overdone, I think somebody else would probably step in and police it themselves. Hopefully, on that aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's a matter of respect for your teammates and stuff like that too. And I'm sure if it was getting out of control with any of us, we we would make sure to mention it to them too. Right. Yeah. It 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 should be self policing in a team event for sure. And I think it is that way right now anyways. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I there's probably been instances where in between buys or whatever at the open, somebody might go have a beer somewhere. As long as it doesn't get excessive, I don't think they ever run into a problem. And I do believe at the provincial level, it's allowed now on your lunch breaks to have some alcohol, right? So um, Buys and lunch, yeah. Yeah, so by that rule, I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody partaking in marijuana on that during their lunch. I, yeah, it's mind-altering, no. but I, I don't see a problem. I, I would treat it exactly like alcohol. Exactly. I agree with that. Hope. Alrighty. Uh, anybody else with another topic? Or you want to continue well, I guess on we, that <laughs> well, We might even be able to kind of close it off. Uh, what can we expect at uh, the TPC next weekend? Yeah. Well, you know, for, from a bowler perspective, right? It's well, uh, as a non-board member, I'm I'm super excited to, to to compete. There's there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of out of town uh, bowlers coming in. Uh, numbers could be crazy, both on entries. Uh, cut line could be pretty massive. Uh, based on that, uh, what, what do you guys think? Well, uh, 
I, I just did the stats this morning, right? And I think Desh and I talked about it was 152 regular, like just bowlers coming, right? Um, so it's kind of crazy to think, you know, the first couple of years we were 137, 152 with re-entries. So, <laughs> right? So that's massive as it is. Uh, speaking with Blair, who, like, is our is our stats guy always, and our, you know he knows his stuff, and he said between about forty to fifty percent usually are rebuys, right? So if you're looking at one hundred and fifty, you'd be looking at about seventy five rebuys, so we're looking about two twenty five. Um, but massive amounts, right? Uh, we started the Friday shift when we talked about a long time ago because to alleviate Friday afternoon and Saturday because we just had just too many people who were running until three a.m. I I remember Adam Weber finishing second in Constellation for 20 bucks. I mean, that was at 3 a.m. in the morning. He knows how that feels, right? So we, we kind of try to $40. have a Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> do we alleviate, do we alleviate that, right? Get in. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> right? So, but but we're, we're at 40, 43 in the morning right now. We're capped at 48. We're already capped at 64 in the afternoon. Um, and so we have about 101 people with a couple different rebuys requested for the afternoon. So Destra brings up a good point. I mean, usually, you know, 101, okay, sure. But if we go 60, 60 or 60, 70, we're automatically hitting 230, right? Um, so really interesting. We never had, a. we've never, we've, we pushed for 64 and we've had seven on the wait list for doubles. Uh, we've never really had that excessive amount on the wait list. And uh, to be honest with you, the, the Invitational, Ladies Invitational is great. Um, and we're excited about that. And the the, the $1,000 buy-in for both men and ladies, if they want to join it, um, that, uh, that we had five on the wait list for that, right? So we it, there was a lot of people interested this year and uh, more than ever. And I, I think that has to constitute something maybe with the – the WCBT photo uh, videos and stuff like that. I mean, it sells itself. And I mean, we've always been pretty active with our social media campaign and that like that. Um, we also I, got really lucky too with, uh, with cheap flights. There's been super cheap flights out of BC where it's a hundred dollars round trip with baggage from Hamilton to Edmonton round trip with baggage was 200. Um, those, those cheap airlines, even though they are like definitely, you know, bargain flights i mean it, it's it's made the game far more accessible than it's ever been and that's something that we were really looking forward to for a long time so so as in cuts i i don't know what the score is going to be i know i know adam's averaging his normal 290 at our center so and uh it's 278 okay 270 <laughs> but i mean uh, last year was 2100 i uh we think pinfalls really fair this this year. There, um, I think it may be better than last year with the new bands. But I, uh, I, I, I'm interested to see what the pace of play will be like, right? I mean, I think pace of play plays a huge amount on uh, on cut score sometimes too. When you're when you're playing 64 or four on a lane or five on a lane in the afternoon on Saturday, it can. Uh, but it it can pay the pace of play can be a benefit to somebody and a, and a negative to somebody else. So sometimes pace of play doesn't really, you know, necessarily affect the cut line. It just might change who qualifies, you know. Um, but, I mean, so the cut last year was 2108. I think pinfall, I, I do believe pinfall is better. I mean, our Sunday match play league, uh, it is, it is a, it's a, 
it's a fun match play league, and we have added in um, some some great bowlers. But that being said, uh, I mean, we have six or seven people averaging over 260 in it. This isn't the Wednesday major men's league, right? Um, we have six people averaging over 260 in it. Our Thursday night league is, is the same. Um, I think our pinfall is very good. Um, and I think uh, with the addition of a lot of people who haven't played these events in a while, um, we have a lot of really, really good bowlers coming. So I cannot see the cut being at 2108. I'm thinking 2150 minimum is honestly. Oh, I think that's way too much, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think the pinfall's there for it. With, with, yeah, with, with that many entries, uh, I, I could easily see it being 2150. I, I'm not sure it'll be, you know, Regina at 22 plus, uh, but uh, it, it is definitely there at that house. Uh, it, very fair uh, center. Uh, it is playing very, very well, obviously, but. Uh, you still have to earn your breaks there. But if you get rolling, uh, there, there's lots of strikes to be had. Mm -hmm. No kickbacks, right? So None. I think, no. So, I mean, you watch Autumn open on the 40s and it looked like everything was just raining down there, right? So, um, interesting. Like, uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. Um, I'm excited, though. You know, it's, it, I think it's going to be awesome, though. I mean, hit that number, right? It's not just not just that. I mean, the number that we, we can hit, and I, th I think that has everything to do with the four tour stops, the WCBT, because I, I think all four centers um, really work together on it, and, and we all push it together, and we support each other, and um, maybe that's a difference five years ago to what, it, what we are now. You know, we all kind of just jumped on board and made it happen, right? So um, it's a win for everybody, I think. Yeah, for sure. I and I agree. Um, just playing a fun league there on Thursdays, I the pinfall is there. There's there's no doubt in my mind. Um, and as the weekend goes on, you guys aren't redressing, right? You're just letting it burn. Yeah. So yeah. But I think the pinfall is only going to get better as the weekend goes on. You're going to see some massive scores on Sunday. Yep, I think so. I 100% agree. When do you guys plan on dressing? For the Thursday hours. morning. Thursday morning. So we, we, we play, we, we always, every every week we always oil every Thursday morning. So we're not going to change anything different than we normally do. So um, I'll make sure I, you know, I'll put a lot of oil on probably, I think it's 11 and 12. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I know Kevin loves his oil. So Adam, for the first time. Just, yeah. Just give something to Adam to complain about, but that's. <laughs> I already fixed hey, the every... fan. The fan is working, Adam. <laughs> hey, every every good bowler has a complaint or two, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I I'm really excited about that. Uh, um, I do, I do I do want to keep my, keep our crown as the the most entries. We took it over from Regina last year, so. I want to stick to Kevin again. I like like that little rival we got going on there. Yeah, yeah. Regina <laughs> and, was the long-standing champion there for quite a while. Oh, they uh, they're they're phenomenal. Yeah. No, it's just like we. I think we have a little bit more locals that show up. To be honest with you, um, nothing against their yeah, tournament. Is having having Alberta support is huge. Like you just look for at sure the numbers. Does, yeah. There's so many good players in Alberta, and hosting three of the four tournaments in Alberta just proves that there's enough Alberta players there that to support all these tournaments. So um, a lot, large portion of, of us always going to Regina helps bolster their numbers too, right? So 
Yeah, and and I, we're and just I, fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, yes and no. I I believe there's a direct correlation too. I mean, well, that's having these three events and and having many major events in Alberta all the time. It 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 is a focal point and it drives people to get better. Um, it's something we talked about earlier, but I mean, since I got out of YBC, it seems like there's something important every month. And with the WCBT and stuff like this, you really learn how to, you know, throw the shot when you need to. Because if you don't, it's sink or swim. You, you're, you're never going to do it, right? So you have to learn and you learn by being there. And I think um, with all these kids coming up and stuff and, and, and playing these events, people get better and better and better because they're forced to. And so I, I, really, I really think that's why we have such a, a large body of, of good bowlers. Really? No, exactly. It's a direct correlation. So, a question for you guys. A serious question, though. Um, who do you think is going to win the mini golf challenge? Do you think Bradford's going to win, or do you think he's just going to uh, give me the money again this year? <laughs> 100 entries. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bradford. Got to do a shout out there. Thanks for supporting my gambling habits last year. Yeah, I think Chris Bradford's probably coming back for a little blood on you, Tim. <laughs> I haven't practiced all year. I don't need it. I'm just natural. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what's going on at the TPC, we are also also hosting a virtual golf or virtual mini golf tournament. Cost of ten dollars an entry. Come and have a good time. <laughs> Tim's gonna wait to see what all the scores are before he plays. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like the Adam Weber of mini golf. No, you're not. Hey, I, I, I retired for a year and I'm coming back. <laughs> I've, I've been retired for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard that retirement speech. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think on that, guys, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I think it was a good podcast, a good start to it, anyways. Um, uh, to the audience, if you guys have any suggestions for more guests or who you'd like to see involved in this, um, just shoot us a message. Uh, we'll post it on our Patreon. We'll post it on our web Facebook page um, where you can submit your submissions to and even topics if you want to hear anything uh, any of these guys discuss. Um, obviously, we'll gladly take anybody that wants to return to the podcast, um, but we'll look into it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was uh, great talking to you all. Uh, some giggles. Um, we'll have to see what we can keep and what we can actually put in the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys.